0: Title my preach tonight. If I started doing really long titles, <laughs> so I've, I've decided to go to the other extreme. If period, all right, just that's it. If, and uh, we're going to pray for the for the word right now. So let's pray. Jesus, we open up your scriptures tonight. I pray that they would be illuminated, Lord. Let us be encouraged. And let us be equipped, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, Question, who here likes the Jungle Book? Exactly, no one. It's It's terrible. Everyone likes Tarzan. Yes? Hands up if you like Tarzan. Exactly. Hands up again if you like Jungle Book. Yes, less hands. That's what I thought. Less hands, honestly. I mean, if you're gonna have a crack at something, have a crack. I mean, everyone, have you ever watched Tarzan and just dreamed of holding on to those things, just swinging through the jungle and like flipping and flying down the waterfalls? And, or every, come on, you've all dreamed of swinging on a vine at some point. Some of you, who's tried? I've tried. I've tried to swing from vine to vine. I was successful for some of it. <laughs> the start. <laughs> Tarzan is so much better. I mean, seriously. Clayton. (laughs) Clayton. (laughs) It's just a great movie. I mean, bare necessity. seriously. It's like a have a go movie. Anyways, the guy who wrote The Jungle Book, he also wrote another one. It's called The Second Jungle Book. It's hilarious. Super creative there. But he also wrote a very, very famous poem. Yes, you guessed it. It was called If, and uh, I'm going to read it to you. It's It's by Rudyard Kipling. It goes like this. If you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you, if you can trust yourself when all men doubt you but make allowance for their doubting too, if you can wait and not be tired by waiting, Or being lied about, don't deal in lies. Or being hated, don't give way to hating. And yet don't look too good, nor talk too wise. If you can dream and not make dreams your master. If you can think and not make thoughts your aim. If you can meet with triumph and disaster and treat those two imposters just the same. If you can bear to hear the truth you've spoken twisted by knaves to make a trap for fools or watch the things you gave your life to broken and stoop and build them up with worn out tools. If you can make one heap of all your winnings and risk it on one turn and pitch and toss and lose and start again at your beginnings and never breathe a word about your loss. If you can force your heart and nerve and sinew to serve your turn long after they are gone. And so hold on when there is nothing in you except the will which says to them, hold on. If you can talk with crowds and keep your virtue or walk with kings nor lose the common touch, if neither foes nor loving friends can hurt you, if all men count with you but none too much, if you can fill the unforgiving minute With 60 seconds worth of distance run, yours is the earth and everything that's in it. And which is more, you'll be a man, my son. You know, he wrote this poem. It was believed to be a poem of advice to his very own son. But it's a a poem that gives advice to the young man to find his place in the world and to live with integrity and to live with dignity. If. What if. What if. It's all in how you ask it, really. Because if you ask that with a negative connotation, it sets a mindset into existence almost straight away, really. Well, what if. What if it doesn't work out? What if it doesn't happen? What if I do and this and what if, what if, You can ask the very same two words with a very different connotation, a more positive connotation, and it will have a very different outcome. What if? What if it does work? What if I do make it? What if it does happen? What if I do step out and it does pull it off? What if, what if, what if? It's all in how we ask it. What if? Let me say this about God. His love, I'm sure you've heard it a thousand times, that His love is unconditional. His love is unconditional, but it must be chosen. It must be chosen by you and I. His love is unconditional. He is love. It's who He is. But the promises, they are conditional. They are very conditional. All that God has for you and I come with conditions. His love is absolute truth. it says in Romans, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. See, his love is there. It stands there for all time. It always was there and it always will be. He is love. You can't change who God is. But the promises of God are most definitely conditional. As they say, it's in the fine print. And you don't even have to read between the lines. It's right there for you and I. We need to make sure that when we read the Bible, we read the whole Bible. That when we read a promise, we read the condition attached to that very promise. Because there is a way to access the conditions of God. And I, and I want to I put this to you tonight because I believe that God is calling out His church to, to truly access the abundant life that He came to give us. Amen. There is a world out there that is dying, a world out there that is living in decay, a pathway of death to the ultimate death, and the church has already been given the answer. You and I already carry the answer. We carry life and abundant life. That's what you and I have access to. If. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and will restore their land. If my people then I will come. If my people will humble themselves, if they will fall to their knees, if my people will recognise that they are the children of God that carry the answer to the groanings of the creation around them, if my people will humble themselves and call out to me, then I will come and heal their land. His promise is conditioned with the if statement, where you and I come into it. He will come and heal the land, if. We humble ourselves and fall to our knees and pray. Let me give you some OT right now. Psalm 91 verse 9 to 11. If, if if you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the most high your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home for he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. Deuteronomy chapter 28 verses 1 to 2. If. If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully keep all his commandments that I am giving you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the world. You will experience all these blessings if you obey the Lord your God. Verse 15, but, but if you refuse to listen to the Lord your God and do not obey all the commands and decrees I am giving you today, all these curses will come and overwhelm you. Deuteronomy chapter 28 talks about our obedience requirements to the commandments of God. And it premises each promise with a statement of if. If you do this, you will be rewarded with this. But if you don't, the very opposite takes place. If you don't access what God died on the cross to give you access to, you will not live out the benefits of that relationship. What you and I sometimes Get into a a cycle of endurance, in has already been defeated at the cross of Calvary. You do not need Jesus Christ to die for you again. Let me give you some NT 1 John 1 9. If we confess our sins to Him, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. If anyone is in Christ, He is our new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. See, there is a requirement on us to respond to what Jesus Christ has done on the cross. There is a requirement on you to respond to his offer of eternal life. There is a requirement. There is a condition attached to the lifestyle that God proposes is possible. But you and I have to enter into it through the if statement. If you do this, then you will get this. If you don't do that, then this is what it will look like. If. Is your life what you think it could be right now with the God of the universe living inside of you? If you follow God, you will have the abundant life. If you follow God daily, taking up your cross, If you follow God, you will reap the benefits of that relationship. If you don't, well, where do I start? (laughs) Just look around. You know, coming to the altar and asking God to take away your problems and then going back and engaging in a lifestyle that God does not like is not what God has for us, church. You cannot come to church on Sunday and ask God to fix a circumstance in your life that you are personally injecting the very issue into your life, Monday to Saturday. It does not work like that. Yes, God, in all His grace, He will help you every time. Where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. But you cannot expect a different result if you keep on doing the very thing that you are coming to the altar for. We ask God why things are happening to us or why things aren't happening to us when he's already given us the answer. He's commanded us a way to live, church. There are commandments for you and I to follow. Those commandments are awesome things to follow. They are not party poop and rules. They are life-giving freedom. True freedom, real freedom. You know, the the greatest consequence I believe that uh, is carried by sinning is that you and I can't forget what we did. You and I have to endure life with the memory of what we've committed. That's the greatest of consequence I believe with sin because sin is dealt with. God conquered that. That was finished on the cross. Once for all time sacrifice you don't have to offer a sacrifice anymore. You just gotta repent. You just gotta come to Jesus if you confess. If you want the promises of God outworking in your life, then you need to respond to his word and do what he has asked us to do. If you put on the garment of praise, for the spirit of heaviness, if, then joy and freedom will overflow in your life. The joy of the Lord will be your strength. Come on, we need to respond to our relationship with God, engage in it, live in it. It needs to become who we are. Then we reap the rewards of our life of abundance. Romans 8 says this, what shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? If God is for us, if he's not, just look at the world around you. If you don't, let me, let me jump into a bit of a teaching moment now. And hear my heart in this. I'm preaching not at you tonight, but for you. Because I believe God wants to bring freedom. I believe that there are things that you are enduring right now, things that I am enduring right now, that, friend, you and I, we don't have to we are able to see the promises of God outworked in our life. If, if, I want to encourage you tonight to choose life. I want to encourage you tonight to choose the life that Jesus said you could live. I want to encourage you tonight to to access the life that Jesus made possible for you and I to access. And I want to encourage you tonight to choose the Spirit over your flesh. If you inject more flesh into your life than Spirit, the results are very clear. You'll start to struggle and slip back into the old man ways of living and your sinful nature will rise on up. Galatians chapter five, verse 16 to 24 says, but I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of your flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing things you want to do. is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ, Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. You know, you inject flesh into your life and then you wonder why you struggle you inject stuff that your flesh desires into your life, it's going to make you struggle. The Bible tells us that the the result of that lifestyle is very clear. Think, Think of it like this. If you don't live a life that is led by the Spirit, then you will not have love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control if you are led by the spirit you reap that if you don't those attributes will not be found in your life have a think about that you know church we don't need to we don't need to come to a moment with god and ask him for help or an answer he's already given us the answer he's already done it You know, we ask him for freedom, but we've already got it. We ask him for help and wisdom, but he's already given it. If, instead of asking God to sort out your issues, I believe we need to start doing what the Bible says and start asking God for our generation. Come on, let's be a generation that cares more about others than ourselves. Yes, the Bible says, love others as yourself. It is important to look after yourself, to appreciate the value, the value that Christ placed on you when he went to the cross. Christ loves you, but that's not where it's meant to stop. You're meant to love others. If you inject into your spirit, the results are so clear. All of what God has on offer for you is accessed. If if you are led by the Spirit. Were you led by the Spirit to say that mean thing? Were you led by the Spirit to act in spite? Were you led by the Spirit to engage in a lustful act or an allure of the wealth, a distraction? You've heard the saying, let God take the wheel. Maybe our generation needs to hear, let God take the remote. Let God have your eyes back. Let God have your ears back. Let God have your mind, your soul, your spirit back. Let God take the remote. You know, uh, lately there's been lots of P words and C words and stuff like that. Last year was pivot, and COVID. <laughs> this year it's Putin and COVID. <laughs> How about some other words? How about Pentecost? How about power? Come on, how about Prince of Peace? How about proclaim and declare? How about proclaim and declare the Word of God and the goodness of being a child of God? Come on, how about seeing a change? How about seeing a change in the world around you because of who you are? Come on, you and I carry abundant life. You and I are able to access it. If, if we inject the world into our soul, we will be caught up and tossed around by the waves of life. But if we build into our lives a base from which to live from, if we inject the Word of God into our lives, then we will not be caught up and tossed around and riddled with issues of this and that. But you and I will have a firm foundation, a foundation where potential and possibility is unlocked. Jesus said it like this in Matthew chapter 7 said, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. 2 Corinthians says for all God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. And through Christ, our amen. In Jesus' name if you and I start to proclaim and declare in Jesus' name, if you and I start to approach each day in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, I've been called to live like this, in Jesus' name, I have been called as a son of God, as a daughter of God, in Jesus' name, this is who I am. In Jesus' name, this is what I can do. Come on, church. The church had the answer. Can I tell you, the church still has the answer. That answer is Jesus. Jesus is King. Jesus is the Saviour. Jesus is the answer for all of your issues and all of the issues in the world. He always was the answer and He always will be the answer. We don't need to look elsewhere for an answer. Come on church, let's get interested, more interested about souls instead of stuff. Church, our light needs to invade the darkness. Heaven needs to invade earth. They need us. They need us to be who we can be. If you do, if you do, let's start to think now about the potential and the possibilities of if you do live the way that God has asked us to live. Let's take a look at what happens if we engage with what God said to do. Remember, it takes us to be doers of the word, not just hearers. We can't just hear about it. We've got to do it. Jesus said this in Mark 11, verses 23 to 25. I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything. And if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. But when you are praying, yet again, another condition. First, forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. So not only does God want us to be at one with each other as he is one with the Father and he desires us to be one with him, he also wants us to be one with each other to allow what he went to the cross for to flow to us and through us to to our fellow man, to allow forgiveness to overflow. That's That's the condition before the next condition of if. If you believe. If you believe and you have no doubt in your heart, you can ask for anything in the name of the Father and the Bible says it will happen. Come I know that can be hard to believe, but it's truth. I know sometimes we dictate our prayers based on what we've seen in past. But come on, we need to start to allow what the Word of God says to cause faith to rise again, to recognise that you and I carry the answer to all of the issues of life. If you believe that you've received it, It will be yours. Church, faith without works is dead. It's useless. You can't just have faith. We've got to do it. If means a possibility. If carries potential. If carries a moment that could happen. If you obey, imagine the result of your life. If you pray, imagine what could happen. If you follow, Imagine where God will lead your life. If you humble yourself, if you ask. Come on, we're not actually called to fear hell. We're actually called to fear God. Fear of a life without God is worth fearing. That's something worth fearing. Let's not fear an outcome of a prayer. Let's fear an outcome of not praying. Can I get the band to come back, please? Church, God does not give us gifts to look at. It's like the China cabinet with all the stuff that you're waiting for the famous person to come to your house to, to use. You are that famous person. Get it out. Use it. You know, Rowan Atkinson, uh, I don't know if he still owns it, but he did own a McLaren F1. Now worth $20.5 million. It's incredible. It's the most expensive car in the world. It's crazy. 20.5 million. That's ridiculous. That's hilarious. How cool would it be to drive that thing? Mm. I don't want one. Sorry. Dodge. Awesome. Rowan uh, Atkinson, Mr. Bean. You all know Mr. Bean? <laughs> what a guy. <laughs> oh man, Mr. Bean is a legend. You know, it, hands up if you have not ever seen one of Mr. Bean's short films. <sighs> it's okay? I forgive you. No. <laughs> You remember that scene where he's getting changed in his uh, Mini on the way to work? Uh, that's hilarious. That's one of my most favourite ones. I had to do that one time. It was, hit. it was so funny. I was praying that no truck would come past. You know Rowan Atkinson uh, had a crash in his McLaren F1? He was driving around a corner in the rain. It slipped, hit a tree, caused some major damage. He had insurance took it in to get the quote, £991,000 was his repair bill. (laughs) £991,000. It's incredible. As every insurance company likes to do, they like to avoid paying out. So they did try to not pay Rowan Atkinson out his repair bill. But he, like anyone else, paid his insurance and paid the premiums for it. And, you know, he uh, took it to court and won. It's the biggest automobile repair insurance claim in British history. 991,000 pounds. He won. They had to pay it out. His McLaren F1 was fixed. When people asked him, Rowan, Mr. Bean, Boom. I don't know how he does it, Bean, Boom. I can't do it. They asked him, what? Why? why were you driving it in the rain? He's like, oh, it's my everyday car. He's like, why, why would something that was built to be driven just sit in a garage to be looked at and accumulate dust? It was his everyday car. I love that, what a guy. It was his everyday car. He liked it, so he drove it every day. It was his everyday car, McLaren F1. It's incredible. And he had an accident like any normal person. Hits a tree, maybe not like every normal person, but I hit a light post once. It was awful. I couldn't have lined up that Hyundai symbol better. Like, it, I perfectly hit that pole. It was so sweet and true. I didn't mean to. It's just, it just ironic when I'm looking at this thing. And I'm freaking out because there's all this powder and white stuff coming out and flash. And I'm out of there. And some lady comes over. She's like, I saw you jump out. You thought your car was on fire, didn't you? And I'm like, yeah, I did because there was smoke, you know. And, uh, and then she's like, oh, it was just the powder from the, from the airbag. I'm like, "Well, whatever. I'm still jumping out of my car. It was awful. It was, an expensive, uh, it was an expensive exercise to have to go through. God taught me a lot. Church. You are a gift and you have purpose. You carry a gift that is not meant to be locked up. It's not meant to be in the garage collecting dust. It's not meant to be there. The life that Jesus Christ died to give you, you don't have to wait until heaven comes to live it. The Bible says that you can reap the rewards of spiritual life now. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 8, it's not the notes, Connor. Uh, it says that physical training holds some value. It's good. You should look after your one tent. It's your one tent. By the way, it's his tent. Maybe we need to get a little less focused on his tent and a little bit more focused on his task for some of us. But you and I are a gift. We're a gift from God. Your gift was given to you not just to appreciate, but to use. Your gift was given to you not just to look at and enjoy and reminisce over. It was given to you to use. The end of that verse says that training for godliness is much better because it holds value for the time to come and for now. You and I don't just have to wait to reap our rewards in heaven. We can access them now. When Jesus made a declarational statement in John 10.10 and he told us the lifestyle that the enemy tries to impose on us, to steal and to kill and to destroy, Jesus rebuttaled it with, I have come to give them life. But then he goes another step further and says, to give it to you in abundance In other versions, it says an abundant life. In another version, it says a rich and satisfying life. Come on, if you obey the commandments of God, if you pray and believe, if you allow the Word of God to dictate your prayers and the Word of God to guide you in life, then you will receive the abundant life. You won't just have to have life, your salvation is, and hold on in hope that heavens is all cracked up and is good at it's made out to be. No, no, you and I are able to live an abundant life here and now. And church, can I tell you that the world out there is looking for it. You and I are required to present it to them, to represent it to them. We aren't called to a lackadaisical lifestyle. We won't save for no reason. We aren't called to be consumers, but rather to be committed Christian followers. We aren't blessed, but blessed to be a blessing. We aren't set free to sin. We have been set free to live. If you and I can fully realise what God has both done for us and given to us, church, I'm confident that the world around you would be a better place. When God said you will do Greater things than even I have done. When Jesus made that statement, it was a statement of truth. You and I will do greater things if you pray and believe. Come on, church. Do you want to see something happen in the life that God has given you? Do you want to start to see something happen in the world around you? Because you carry the answer to do it, you carry the ability to do it. If you believe, come on, you got potential. You have great potential. If you obey God and do what He asks you to do, if you say to this tree, be cursed, it'll be cursed. If you say to this mountain, be uprooted and move up and out of my life and over there, that mountain will be uprooted and moved up and out of your life.